You could tell a lot about a person by what's on their playlist. I know you can. That's what's worrying me. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Underrated Podcast. This is a podcast where we discuss films that we feel are underrated, underappreciated, or those that have just slipped under the radar and passed most people by. Um, we are a collaboration of friends, and together we are the Undercast Company. I am Ariel, and of course, I'm always joined by Derek McDuff. Oh. And Alan Torres. Hey, everybody, what's going on? He's a bit sick, so he's going to be um, off the video recording, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but yeah, today we are discussing um, the 2013 movie Begin Again. Um, it's the second in like kind of like a trilogy of um, songwriting stories, you could say, um, by director-writer John Kearney, um, Carney, um, filled with incredible songs, creating and capturing a formidable indie sound. And um, however, unlike the his first um, movie of Once, um, this film and songs unfortunately did not get the right recognition and acknowledgement that it deserves, despite its more what I consider well-flushed-out characters played by the likes of Mark Ruffalo, Mark Ruffalo, Keira Knightley, and Haley Steinfeld. And, um, yeah, this, um, this is, like, one of my favorite movies, um, and kind of saying this on, as our first of the year, um, episode, because it's kind of gives that feeling of a new beginning as the title says of begin again and i felt like it was a really good choice to start off the year i try it whenever i get the chance to choose the first of the year movies i kind of like gravitate to these movies to these movies that kind of indicate like a changing of of the tide so yeah so yeah guys um do you guys want to start off or should i yeah i can i can go ahead and start off because um you know, this is a movie that I've seen before um, that I've really enjoyed. I have seen all of the quote-unquote trilogy of John Carney films, and I'm a big fan of all of them, which would be, of course, this, Once, uh, and then um, <clears throat> Sing Street. Street. Yeah, yeah, which, which I haven't all... been able to watch myself. Oh, man. I mean, it's, I know, it's really good. I know. It's I really, to, you yeah. would love it, Ariel. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, I kind of really like these, I don't even know what to call them, because they're you know, they're musical, non-musical movies, you know? They're not musicals, but they're still musical movies. Um, yeah, that's what I kind of said. I don't know about Sing Street, but I kind of said, like, they're kind of, like, stories of songwriters, you know? Yeah, Sing Street um, is very much the same the same yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed this. Um, you know, once felt like kind of, like, his first step into this, he was kind of more of an indie director, and now he had kind of some bigger names uh, behind him, some maybe higher production values and stuff. But yeah, as a creative person, I really dug this movie. As a writer myself, you know, um, I mean, I can't write songs for the life of me. But, you know, as a creative who has, you, you grapple with the kind of like, oh, am I doing this for the love of it? Or am I doing it for fame? Am I doing it for, you know, like to get famous and you don't want to sell out and you don't, you know, you don't want to lose like the original intentions. And I really love that kind of dynamic that go back and forth between Kira Knightley's character and um, Adam Levine's character, Dave, um, Dave Cole, which I was like not sure if that was supposed to be a shout out to Dave Grohl or what, but um, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. But by the way, Adam Levine, he can fucking act. Like I don't, I, I haven't seen him yeah. in anything before. I think this is his and first movie. I didn't, this I didn't is his first and only thing. Yeah, yeah, he's really good. Thing. I mean, mm-hmm. he's playing himself, 
Um, don't get me wrong, but like he is really good. Uh, Ruffalo's great. You know, you've got early Haley Steinfeld. You know, um, uh, coming off of True Grit and um, you know her Oscar nomination for that. Uh, this was kind of one of her first big movies. After that, uh, I thought she did really good. Um, it it really does like all of his movies really capture that creative process really well. I think one of the scenes that really hits that on the head is where you see like the first scene. It's her going up and everyone's just kind of like talking on the stage while she's performing. And that is like, that was so triggering for me because I'm like, oh my God, you I've been there where I've like done something, whether it be, you know, for writing or for, you know, acting or whatever, where it's like, you're, you're putting, you put your heart into this, you put so much into it and just no one gives a shit. And you think like, this is, it means so much to you and nobody could care less. And then when you see that again, from Ruffalo's perspective and he's looking at it and he sees like, you know, no one else is paying attention, but he is, and he just is like, wow, this is amazing. Like, he sees all the potential, and he sees, like, I thought that was such a cool scene. Um, but yeah, overall, I, I just, I just really enjoyed it. I really liked all the characters. It just felt like, it felt very real, you know, it felt like a very, like a story that could actually happen. Um, I mean, I think one of my favorite moments that I just kind of have to bring up is um, when, uh, Mark Ruffalo is just shouting at Kira Knightley. He's just saying awful things, like kind of true, but like also just really being really, really shitty to her. And she just goes and hugs him. And like that hit me so emotionally because it's just like, she should just be like, yeah, fuck you, dude. But she sees that he's in pain and that he's like, the reason he's acting like such a fucking asshat is because like he's very hurt and she, you know, is there for him. And that was so so gripping to me and i really like the dynamic between those two characters in general and i like that they kind of a little bit play with the will they won't they and it's one of the few times i'm like i'm glad they didn't like i'm glad that there was no because you think maybe mm-hmm. maybe well, something will frantically happen but then nothing does and i really yeah. like that yeah well that kind of plays off of like that's what i, I like rewatching it today i'm like oh he's like taking elements of that he does very well in in once and that once has that kind of like will they won't they very very much sense and and just expands on it and like makes you like it's you it's such a beautiful thing that that um once does more so in the musical which i i it's one of my favorite musicals of once um i recommend if you're able to watch any kind of version of it like i've watched a couple versions and they're really good um but in this one is like just this like feeling of like what does like love mean what does like true understanding mean and like like when is it there you know to to like kind of grasp but then also like when is when is these kind of relationships they're just for like teaching like they're just meant to be a teaching moment for you and then that's why like that final scene where um you know they hug and they like have that longing look and like like yeah like the romantic in me like wants them to but then it's also like it it, it puts it in a very real light you know because they're both like they their relationship of 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 this friendship is like kind of more important to them than than like any kind of like romantic relationship Mm -hmm. and i would say like in once you know you are a little bit sad they don't get together like it feels Mm -hmm. like they should be together in this it feels like they shouldn't they do have chemistry and stuff but i feel like they both like it feels like she she 
kind of needs to be on her journey alone and just kind of like mm-hmm. she sees Adam Levine and how he kind of like bastardized her song and you know she's like okay I'm gonna go do my own thing and then he goes back to his wife um played by Carolyn Keener so I really like you know and this is one of the few times like I said in a will they won't they scenario where I'm like they don't and it's good they don't I'm glad they don't I was kind of like please please don't like and then they didn't so you're like okay whew. They didn't, I feel like it would have de- been a much different movie and not as good of a movie if they had gone together at the end. Every All the characters, I feel like, end in a perfect place um, for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Alan, this is your first think. time seeing it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is, a, this is the first time I've seen it. And, uh, well, pretty much, uh, I really, one of the big disappointments about this film is that I didn't see... You know, Kate Bishop shoot one arrow, and it's going <laughs> yeah. turn into the Hulk. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, I, I don't know, man. I thought th- I thought this was a Marvel crossover, but... <laughs> but I guess it was pretty cool, you know, nonetheless. <laughs> uh, but, uh, joking aside, though, I, I, thought it was a, I thought it was a pretty chill movie. It was a cute movie. Um, it, I, I don't know, I guess I'm kind of, like, on the fence with, like, these types of, like, it's a musical, but it's not a musical kind of thing. Um, because I think with, with music, I'm always very like, uh, I feel like I get very emotional with music and with this type of music. It really reminded me of like when I was younger, like in high school. A lot of her type of music reminded me of this band called uh, uh, Bargo and the Nuclear So-and-Sos. And it's it's very indie and very like acoustic and violins and cello kind of thing. So it, it it kind of brought me back to that, but I also felt like, again, with music, it's very subjective. So I I I think if I was younger, I would have probably enjoyed it a lot more. But like now, with like you know my music taste changing and everything, like it's kind of like how we saw Walter Mitty. Uh, the music in that was kind of similar to this, where I kind of just I don't really gravitate to it as much anymore. But I, I thought Mark Ruffalo's performance was amazing. Like, I really loved his performance. He kind of stole the show. Uh, Kira Knightley did pretty well. Katie Seinfeld, I didn't even know she was, like, in this. So that, that actually was surprising. But, you know, it, it's one of those movies that really, like, it, it kind of surprised me because I kind of go into these going, oh, man, I don't know if I'm going to dig it. It's a very cutesy kind of thing, but... It was cool. I, I like how there was like influences from like real life, like you know that them performing on top of the, the building, like the uh, you know all of the Beatles, and um, oh, there was another thing. It was around the end of the movie, that was done, and I, I there was a big music influence. Like I caught it right away, but for the life of me, these, uh, Sidus, Sidus are making me forget. <laughs> but uh, Adam Levine, yeah, I was actually pretty. Shocked. I swear I've seen him in another movie or television show where he plays kind of a similar character where he was like, you know, very sweet at first. And then he got a little taste of, of show business or he got a little big and he immediately cheated on his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. So uh, he, I think he's really good at playing that. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, you know, and I won't, I won't lie, though, like I, I didn't really care too much for Karen Natalie singing, but. Adam Levine, obviously, he's a music performer. He's a musician. I won't lie, like that at the end of the movie, though, that last song when he like kind of plays her song, uh, "Lost Stars," was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When he when he plays it, 
he did a great job. Like I was like, okay, you know what? I vibe with this. I actually was getting emotional over it. And I was like, I really dig this. Like it was pretty good. I, so I was that, just out oh, of sorry, all the versions out of all the versions you like that um last version that like it was like he said her his take on her version kind of thing. Not the pop pop version, right? Yeah, not the not the pop one. No, the pop <laughs> okay. one sounded like ass. That was garbage. Garbage. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, what I absolutely loved was the first like two minutes of Mark Ruffalo. It, it's it kind of like really hit close to home because he uh you know when he's listening to the the demos, he's like, oh ass. Like within seconds, I was like, <laughs> yeah. I I fuck with you like that so hundred percent because mm-hmm. sometimes you know I hear certain I hear music, especially on the radio, a lot of music on the radio. I hear mm-hmm. seconds of it and I'm like ass. Ass. Yeah, I hate this. I yeah. hate this. Yeah. So, you know, I I was kind of like, all right, I think that's I guess that's me in a nutshell with music, but um, uh, yeah, you know, the, one of the my biggest worries, I I was really glad that they didn't get together. I would have been very upset. I think that would have made like I think that would have been the straw that broke the camel's back. Where I'm like, no, I don't like this. Uh, because I, I really liked that they were just kind of like partners, and you know, they, they were making music together, and the magic of making the music together with their friends and everything. And I, I, I really, I, I was like, please don't get together, because that just seems like such a cop out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of worried that she was just gonna reluctantly take Adam Levine back, like, mm-hmm. she, like, okay, I get what she was trying to do with. Sending him a song for voicemail. Uh, I, I, it worked for this movie, but I'll be mad real. That would never work in real life <laughs> because, especially that kind of type of guy who's like, "Oh, I just cheated on my girlfriend, or whatever," and I'm famous now. If she wrote him a song, and that was her big upset, like saying, "Oh, fuck you," he might as well have just started jerking off because that's <laughs> such an ego boost. Where I was like. I've been in a similar situation where I've been upset and I didn't leave a song as a voicemail. I left a lot of bad words over the voicemail. Yeah, well that's why she that's what she says. Like he's like, you know, like he said essentially oh, yeah. says that. Like I oh like I fell back in love with you after this song and she's like, It was supposed to be a fuck you. Like you like I didn't Yeah, but mean he's it such an egomaniac yeah. that he's exactly. just like, Oh, yeah. this song that you wrote for me to try and get uh-huh. me back and she's like, No, no dude, no. Yeah, yeah. So kind of a way yeah. it, it exactly worked out that way, just less crude. <laughs> yeah, I wish it was all about crew because I was like, you know, th- this love has has taken its toll. <laughs> to be honest, uh, <laughs> he said goodbye. You know, he said goodbye many, many times, times before. before. Oh, yeah. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, like um, that that was the only thing I didn't like. Where I was just like, don't write up a song, dude. Like that, like you know, write a song and get famous, like Taylor Swift or something. Like you know, that that's how you do a fuck you. Don't like voice because it just seems such a like ego boost where he's like, oh my god, I'm in love with her again. I don't know what she wants me. So I was like, uh, I would have not taken that route, but okay. But yeah, I really I, I thought it was a cute movie. It was a cute movie, you know. Definitely hits you in the feels. But yeah, I um, I'm still kind of like thinking about it. I'm not a hundred percent sure how I feel because like. I don't know, sometimes some of those movies that get me, like, a little emotional, kind of like, it's a weird thing where I, I kind of go, hey, what are you trying to do? 
<laughs> like, so Let the emotions in, Alan. I know. Let the emotions just... in. <laughs> He's too congested. They can't get in. I know. Yeah, they can't get in. You can't, like, I think that's why. They just couldn't go through my nose into my brain. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's... Uh, I got. I got to. I got to dwell. I got to think about it a little bit more. But uh, yeah. So Ariel. Yeah, yeah. Th- I mean, this is definitely one of my favorite movies of like the last couple of years. I mean, like um, of, of of the are they called the knots? Like the the two thousands, the oos, the knots. Well, because it came out. Yeah, the knots. Oh yeah, no. 20- oh yeah, this is sort of so the tens. So the tens. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's definitely one of my favorite movies of that. Um. Like I said, I feel like it, it, it like John um, Carney kind of took elements of, of once, but expanded on them and like kind of fleshed them out a bit more. Once uh, in the movie, it's very like, like Alan, like Derek said, it's very, very indie. It um essentially they, they casted, you know, the songwriter Glenn, um, I think it's Hansgard or something like that. Um, and then the, the both songwriters ended up being the, actors so it's like kind of lacking in in actual acting they do pretty good but but yeah it's like um it it takes elements of of that storyline and then kind of expands on it and especially with the relationship between you know mark ruffalo and and karen knightley and i love this this soundtrack the soundtrack is like right up my alley um of movie soundtracks you know pretty much kind of kind of up there like with with garden state in my in my book yeah it it just takes this like all these characters are are so incredibly you know washed out or you know brought out even the violinist and and um his sister you know that uh, that they essentially like want to do this because and with the piano player because they're so bored they're so bored with like the classical music and they just want to do something new and fun and and it just yeah shows the brilliance of like mark ruffalo as a producer and and i find it very it's very ironic that that like mos def is like a partner and like this kind of like producer that's trying to do like the do the mainstream thing and and stuff like that because most deaf is like the opposite of that in his music he's very much like you know has always been like he he's he's retired now but he's always been like underground like just like produce it yourself kind of thing or produce it with an actual like true producers and not doing the mainstream thing and stuff so uh, and i love most deaf in this too just the little pieces that you get of him um but but yeah, going on that uh, the the relationship is so pure, you know. It's kind of like just very much like a how you would wish music is created nowadays. And like like Alan, I I felt like his his scene at the beginning with throwing like just listening all this music is trash, 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 because frankly like music mainstream music is very trash nowadays and it's very oh, no sad. i don't think you <laughs> throw all mainstream music out of the bus like that well name one good album that has come out of last that mainstream album that has come out of from last two years the killer's last two albums uh dua lipa the killer's last album i don't i don't like the the i don't like the man pressure machine i love pressure machine but but yeah chasing the wind is good um, but even that, like, I mean, those, that's the outskirts of, of mainstream, like the, the music that's played on, like, 
you know, like on MTV or, like... or K-Rock. Well, K-Rock is like kind of like, even that's getting a little mainstream for my people, but... Like, oh, K-Rock, oh, no, K-Rock is bad. Like, K-Rock, you know, I love K-Rock. Yeah. Oh, but it's, it's gotten yeah, bad. I it's... haven't, truthfully, I haven't listened to the radio in the last couple of years. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, mean, I, I, I think it's just... Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think it, I just like listening to the radio in the morning or like, like at night or something. I don't know, I guess because I, I used to be a really big fan of like Love Lion and like, I like mm-hmm. talk morning shows. So like, th- they'll play, you know, during the break, they'll play something, but it's always either... Sublime, Nirvana, Red Hot Chili Peppers, yeah. or some yeah. really shitty mainstream music. Mm-hmm. So you don't really get a lot of good. It's like, yeah. very rarely you might get a Diamond in the Rough. And then they mm-hmm. never play it ever again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I mean, like, I, I see, you know, the music that's coming out of, like, MTV Awards and stuff like that. And it's just like, it... it sometimes it just makes me very sad and and like that's what i feel like mark ruffalo is feeling like he's just he you know like it it, it, all these things happen to him like and 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 mess mess with his foundation like aside like from the which in my like i know like you know he really loves his wife and stuff like that but but man like she better be making it up for him the rest of their lives together because like that that was just such a heartbreaking story from him like because and it is a really great reveal because throughout this whole you know the first half you think of him as like oh he's just another screw up you know screw up dad screw up this and and to get that like very raw performance yeah from mark ruffalo and and telling this story of how like no he was the good husband you know his wife did this kind of terrible thing and then like it didn't fall through so she has resentment instead of like pointing the resentment towards herself or like in a way like she backlashes onto him and then that drove them further apart and then and then yeah it is kind of beautiful that like i think maybe because he's starting to find himself back in the music she kind of is like realizing like she what she fell in love with him for and so that's probably why she kind of like falls back in love with him a little twinge of of jealousy because he he, you know she sees Keira Knightley's character and stuff but but overall, you know, I'm glad that it, it ended well for for both of them. Very similar, like going back to to Once's um, thing, except for that the um, character that's similar to Kira Knightley's doesn't end up with the cheater. <laughs> so, um, but but yeah, I mean, like, um, there's some. I I just love this. I love so many scenes in this in this movie like the splitter scene is so incredible and then like i my um sisters who who we watched this movie together like they bought me a splitter for like my future (laughs) um you know relationship and it's a very it is a very cute idea for for a date just to go around and listen to music in that way i mean like nowadays yes we have blue bluetooth headsets but um or headphones but i think there's a beauty in the in like the analog of having the splitter and um and yeah i i mean i i i'm still i fell in love with this movie like 
the first time I watched it in theaters, and I'm still in love with it now. And it's it is one of my go to like feel good movies. Um, and yeah, I definitely love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah and- definitely a feel good type of movie. Uh, I was gonna ask, did it? Uh, I never saw it, but did Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist have something like that where they had like a splitter? Or they just like listed up the same. They just listen to the same head headphones. I think. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, because they're like always like really close together. Like, yeah, I don't think they have splitters. But yeah, what was I gonna say? Oh my gosh, the the like I love the but I love the idea of having an album outdoors and recording at all these different locations. I really, I don't know if there's any been any like, like I mean the Beatles they recorded, but it was on in one one location. But I'm, I would be really interesting to like have a a soundtrack done that way. It well, wasn't hey. outdoors. Black Keys oh. did their first two albums in like an actual garage, and it's it's a really different sound than a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah, but it would be cool and, and to have it different locations. And I, that was such a hilarious scene with the kids, um, <laughs> where he does like he gives them a cigarette, you know, like to be shared a lot among the, all the kids. And then they come, come and like do the background, um, backup singers yeah. and stuff. I, I will say from experience from when we first started out, like recording outside is a fucking nightmare. <laughs> like when it comes to like getting good audio, I remember hey, just, well, like, we, how, did we did it. We did it. We did it. Those episodes are rough though. Uh, like yeah. I had a, like you could hear the birds in the background and shit, but, uh, so like, you know, it, uh, yeah, so more power to Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. Yeah, well, he has a good producing. He, he's a good yeah. producer. I also just wanted to say, because we were kind of touching on, like, you know, uh, how we liked the dynamics. And I think that Haley in this movie is really good. And I like mm-hmm. how Kira Knightley kind of is, like, a surrogate, oh like, God. older sister to her. Yeah. Um, I thought yeah. that was really I, cool. I love that scene where she's, like, well... First of all, you, you need to stop dressing like a like a, a somebody who's easy. And then Mark Ruffalo just like, and he walks away like, yeah. oh, oh shit! And he walk like walks away. I just love it. And then like Haley Steinfeld just like, like yeah, like a like a like an older sister like just looks at her and she's like, noted. I kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I just and around that. the end of the movie, she follows suit. Look, I think she wears like a, mm-hmm. a little less revealing outfit kind of thing. Yeah, 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 she does. And I think mm-hmm. like um, in the background, you see the guy kind of like looking after her and stuff like that. Like, I I think there's there's they like make a point of like showing that like, but she ignores him like, you know, like like Kira Knightley told her to. Mm-hmm. Oh, also another character like CeeLo Green is so funny in this. I love his really character, good. and and it's very like uh, awesome to like like just that whole thing of like I wouldn't be here without him. So I'll give him the moon, you know. Like he could mm-hmm. have whatever he wants, you know. And I love that. I love that. I love how you know elements of Mark Ruffalo are revealed through other characters, you know, and um just makes that kind of character a lot more like um div- like impactful in my opinion yeah and i like how like he's kind of very he's like obviously very very jaded very cynical about the music industry and i think that it really helps him to have somebody come along who's a little more optimistic about like doing it for the art and doing it for the love of it and like 
you know, quote unquote, like changing the way things are done and how she decides to put out her whole album for a dollar. And, you know, it, it's really emblematic of that uh, dynamic they have when they first meet and they're having like the kind of argument about, like, oh, you know, who who is like an authentic artist? And he's like, Dylan is like the most like like crafted person. And then she's like, Randy Newman. And he's like, I'll give you that. I fucking love yeah. Randy Newman. Yeah. And like, you start to like, you see the kind of like balance on each other that they'll have that kind of leads to this really great collaboration that they have that ends the movie in this kind of really cool, you know, record, this really great art that's created out of their friendship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that was the other, that was the other big uh, real life musical influence was uh, was her selling her album for a dollar, the Radiohead thing. Like, I was like, mm. I was like, hey, look at that. Because like, Radiohead did that with, uh, I think it was In Rainbows album. Mm-hmm. I think back in the, the aughts, as we were saying, in the 2000s. But I was kind of like, hey, come on, don't pussy out. If you're going to be Radiohead, be Radiohead. Sell that shit for a penny. <laughs> yeah. Well, sell she it for does a penny it... or sell for however, however you want, how, however much you want. Yeah, she does it for the dollar because of the comment that the the marketing people said, like, mm-hmm. out of the ten dollars, yeah. you only get a one dollar. So she's like, all right, I'm just gonna get one dollar. You know. So yeah. Uh, yeah. If anybody's listening out there, or, well, yeah, you're listening, obviously. But if anybody's <laughs> interested, uh, there's this great like clip of I think it was Left Eye Lopez from uh, TLC, and she was pretty much goes. She does the math behind how like artists make money off of album sales and how robbed they are essentially mm-hmm. and essentially like she talks about how like doing live shows is essentially how they get paid how musicians mm-hmm. get most of their money and how record companies are just just gobble it up just like i know in the movie they kind of simplified it but if anybody's ever interested just i think if you go on youtube just put left eye lopez uh album payout or something like that and it's it's pretty fascinating and it's also goes to show how much you know she was pretty young obviously at the time how much you learn being in that business immediately because she was like she sounded like an expert talking about mm-hmm. it it was insane but i highly recommend checking that out yeah 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 i've heard about the i mean that's what's kind of like very sucky because like touring is definitely the most daunting thing for an artist you know like just the length that you have to do to like yeah you know cover um the amount and stuff like that that's why like jersey boys like with frankie valley like he's still torn because other things but he has to tour because he has to get this money back and stuff that it's just like it, it yeah it's just very it's you know like those kind of businesses, like yeah, it looks all glamorous and stuff like that, but but it, it it's kind of has its sucky moments and stuff, and I don't envy it at all. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that's the thing, like that I you know really relate to as somebody trying to break into writing and these creative things is like the business side of it just sucks so much and like all that stuff. And luckily now we're living in an age where you know as writers there's more avenues to open up for self-publishing for musicians there's a lot of stuff where they can kind of do it themselves and that's been a really cool thing and i think this movie coming out in 2013 kind of like hit right on that pivot point where those options were starting to open up to a lot of artists Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and like like kira knightley touches like the it could be just put out into the you know to the ether into the the um the um you know inner interwebs 
um, internet and and stuff and like that. Zelo to tweet it out and then boom. You're yeah, good. yeah, exactly. Oh, absolutely. I mean, like sometimes I wish, like, you know, I was famous just in some weird way where, like, because I, I typically, you know, like like we we're saying, radio kind of sucks nowadays. There's not a lot of good shit out, but I, I like to really deep dive and like search the internet for like these people that use um uh what's the one that everybody uses well like they use spotify and everything but they have their soundcloud SoundCloud, SoundCloud, yeah Yeah. thank you Mm -hmm. and i love fighting artists like that like i've been on a big you know for the past couple years on this like future funk kind of uh vaporwave kind of binge and a lot of these artists are absolutely amazing like what they do you know they kind of remake old music and I make it into something new like Young Bay or Macross uh, 8299 and these guys are just absolutely killing it and I'm just like I wish more people knew about you I mean at the same time I'm like I don't want everybody to know about you because like you're my special <laughs> little thing that you know yeah. something I found but sometimes I'm like I want to see them do more shows and that's the thing is that because so many people don't know about them it's hard for them to get shows I mean, you know, Young Bay and Macros at two ninety nine. That they're doing pretty well. You know, they have Instagram. They have a whole thing. But like, there's even artists below them who are just barely making it. You know, they have albums and albums and albums out of like all this different type of music where they they're influenced by like old funk and they're influenced by like Japanese eighties pop music and mm-hmm. you know they even put anime or video game stuff in them and, and it's always super fun and cool. Like a lot of TikToks are kind of using that now. And I don't know if you guys heard that every now and again, you'll hear this Japanese poppy song playing. That annoys me because I'm like, come on, I give credit to the guy. But essentially, yeah, like I wish sometimes I could be like, you know, CeeLo Green in the movie, just send out a tweet and just be like, listen to this person, listen to this person and just get them all these followers and just, you know, make them more successful. You know, does that make me crazy? But. It, uh, um <laughs> probably probably yeah. <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah no um but yeah like i mean that that's the good thing about about nowadays is that it it opens up like we said a, a couple of avenues for for people that we we wouldn't be you know um what is that word um exposed to like um, I know that that I've gotten into like um, is there it's Japanese or Chinese or um, but you like like um Joji and like um Brian Rich oh, yeah, who, jo- yeah Joji's a Japanese like half Japanese yeah yeah Joji and all that because of the internet like through my brother but he he got into it because of the internet and so it's like um. And you know, like now, Joji, you know, he's not. He's like at the Nova now, like selling out like within minutes or seconds, really. And like, it's it's really cool. I mean, like, and it. I'm glad for those kind of avenues and stuff like that. And I do really wish that like they are exposed. You know, like I really wish that the good move music could come out onto the surface a lot more, in my opinion. And. And, uh, but you know i guess it's people's tastes and the majority you know the popular have a sucky taste nowadays yeah, <laughs> so, much, yeah. uh, i mean i don't know i feel like people always want to be like oh it was good in the old days but it's always been like this 
Yeah, it's always, it's been, always like, been. It's always been talking about your fucking ass and your and your and your and your coochie, like your your vagina and shit. Really? Yeah, they just you know they would yeah they were just you know better just dis- disguising it. The Beatles just you know used code words instead. You know. Yeah, oh yeah, very true. I mean, I, even sometimes I like, catch myself being like, man, I love my emo music from late two thousands. You know, I I, I love my. Panic at the Disco CD that I probably listened to billions of times. A Fever You Can't Sweat. And like, you know, My Chemical Romance and, and all that stuff at the time. I go, yeah, that's real music. And then, you know, there's kids who have their own type of like music nowadays where they're just like, ah, oh, this is real. And then I catch myself like, oh shit, I'm one of those old guys. I'm an emo <laughs> grandpa. But an emo I, guess, old man. I guess, but even going there, it's like, yeah, they hit it because they were creative. Is this creativity? No, when you're like, Is okay, it... there's a tendency to just be like, oh, it was good in the past, but like, you know, that's because the good <sighs> stuff gets remembered from the past. Like, you know, oh. we don't remember all the garbage stuff. Like, nobody's going to remember in 20 years all these songs that we hate, but like, what will get remembered is the stuff that, you know, might not be as popular right now, you know, like, like Mitsuki and stuff might, you know, is might not be get play, played on the radio, but it's going to be remembered by like big music fans, you know, in the future and you know stuff really, like it like the beach really boys you know so. like it it, it took really you know so. like when uh, pet sounds came out fucking everybody hated it people were just like play some more shit about like surfboards and like now it's recognized as one of the most influential albums of all time like rightly so like it um and it's just like the way that Brian Wilson is just like a musical genius and nobody recognized him at the time but now people are like holy shit this guy was doing so many fucking incredible things and like all they wanted to hear was just like talk about the girl California girls, you know. Don't be like mm-hmm. doing and doing all these weird things that he was doing. And now we realize that it just took us fifty fucking years. Um, so I think that's the way it's gonna be with this stuff that's coming out today too, you know. I really hope. I really hope so. Just just wipe it out of the the ether now. <laughs> like I really, I know it won't happen, but yeah, I just like, I really hope so. Is Cause yeah, like, whenever it, it, I, like, I used to be able to create like playlists for each season, like, and this past year, like, I don't know if it's because of like, I haven't been able to search much or, or things just don't pop up any that much anymore where it like grabs me and like I can make like a seasonal like playlist now i i this past year i made just like a year playlist and it barely hit like 50 songs 50 new songs and stuff i know exactly what you mean i i typically kind of like it's weird i kind of like bookmark things in my life with the music i'm listening to like like uh you know when i first started college you know i was listening to a lot of cut copy and then right when i was graduating college uh, like 2018, I was listening to a lot of Ghost, and a little by little, you know, it got a, a little harder to find something where I'm like, oh, you know, I want to. I kind of did something like that too, where I'd have like new songs that I would listen to, and I kind of want to blame COVID a little bit because I, I typically do kind of do the same thing. I have like a seasonal kind of playlist, and I just think it's, I think because we've been at home all the time, and you don't really get to do a lot, and. And everyone's just trying to get their life kind of back to normal, trying to get set. It's kind of hard. Like, I know exactly what you mean, because sometimes I catch myself at work. I keep listening to the same thing, and I'm like, 
I need something new. I want something new, but I just, I don't know. Like you need that like inspiration. Like when you go out to do something or somebody tells you about something and you're like, you know what? I want to, I want to listen to that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, um, you're still hoping that, <laughs> that I, this was supposed to be a, a very <laughs> upbeat, um, episode with it being the first of the, of the year but i think i think this is actually good that that we're and that we could end it wrap things up on this note because it, it it i think it we have a hope a hope of of music be getting better and hopefully with this well, i don't want to sound us like we're a bunch of old man yells at cloud you know i think they are still making good music you know i think i i am very hopeful i, I not even hopeful like i think they are making good music like, no, there is like, absolutely. Yeah, there, there absolutely is. It's just it's harder to find. I, I think I think the older yeah, you get, it's harder to find. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and you get nostalgic for the stuff of your youth. You know, like I keep listening to this 2006 indie rock playlist, but I'm like, because it's just you know shit from my teenage years. You know, so you're always gonna come back to that. You know, um, and you know, be a little more critical of stuff that comes out when you're a little bit older. Uh, that's just natural, you know. But I think that you can't discount stuff that comes out today as being not as good as back in my day. You know, every generation does that. Every, pe- back in, People were just like, oh, this Elvis guy is not as good as the big bopper. You know, that's how it's always been. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, like like I said, I mean, there's some people out nowadays, like, like I think Dua Lipa is absolutely killing it. I think she's, like, an amazing artist. My girlfriend got me into her, and, like, I love what she's trying to do. Like, you could tell she's trying to break the mold, but she's also using, like, old music, trying to, I think she's kind of Jumping on that nostalgia train, but she's using it to make something new. I, I personally think like like she's trying to make like new wave, but like poppy new wave and poppy disco and like all that. So I think I think there there's people out there. I think there's artists out there that are really trying. It's just some just get really lucky to like make it into the mainstream. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is a uh, lot of luck, you know. Yeah. Like it's I'll, like in this movie too. Like it's lucky that Kira Knightley happened to have Mark Ruffalo come and listen to her song, and that's like what you know propelled it. Sometimes it's just stuff like you hear things like that, and the music and people getting discovered, and it's just a lot of times it's just luck of the draw. Yeah, well, I'll check it. I'll check Dua Lipa out. I know there's some there. I just like hate that that there's this wall of crap, in my opinion. Oh, I mean, absolutely. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I'm just like I, I don't. I think that comes down to like everybody when they you know they're like they don't want to like search anymore. They just you know because I think we we get used to it just being like on the surface and no now we have to like scoop it into it and, and look, cipher you know, uh, shift sift sift through it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, now the yeah. difference is we have options to do that, whereas they didn't have those options in the past. Now. We can find these like you know smaller games like before. You just had to listen to the radio. Now it's like we can listen to whatever we want, whenever we want. You know. No. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Let, let me ask you guys something. So mm-hmm. I've been th- I think I think about this all the time. So, like you were saying Ariel about like sifting through it. Sometimes, and like how you just said, Derek, we're like before we were kind of that's all we had was the radio. That was the way you discovered music, or you know you walked into a record store and you just popped on something and you're like all right i dig this or whatever like i used to go to the virgin that's how i used to find music in the, in the 2000s i would go to the virgin and i would check out the albums they had to listen to but i think that's another thing is that nowadays we have so much choice 
like I catch mm-hmm. myself like you know I, I don't really have a lot of alone time I don't really have a lot of time to do my own thing it's kind of you know it's at a point where now like you know I'm working and then I'm at home and I'm spending time with my girlfriend and not a lot of alone time so but the times I do I am alone I personally have a fucking hard time finding something to watch like mm-hmm. I don't know if this happens oh like, yeah I have no, no, all, no. It's yeah, like it's all, there's all yeah, those, yeah. yeah. Like it's that just it's that overload. It yeah, it's just overload. Yeah, I know. Like it's definitely that. It's just well, information overload. <laughs> I saw. I was looking at Letterbox the other day, and this blew my fucking mind. There have been more movies made in the 2020s than there were movies made in the 1990s. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's obviously like a Hollywood's putting out more movies, but B there's countries like China that are putting out movies that were not making movies, you know, 20 years ago and see like streamers are coming out with movies every week. So there's just so, so much more content now. Like you were saying, mm-hmm. Alan, that it is, you know, you are kind of paralyzed by choice. It's like, Oh, there's like 18 things I want to watch. I don't, what do I watch? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean like this past weekend, like uh, in theaters, like there's was four movies that, that, came out that like i want to watch them all but like it's just Mm -hmm. like you know such a lack of time and then also me wanting to watch spider-man two more times (laughs) 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 um but but yeah i mean there's just so much like it's just so i know that the end of the year is definitely a dumping ground for we we had this discussion once before like it's the december january is like a dumping ground for movies and stuff like that um but but yeah i mean it it definitely we like while the technology is like very awesome in our day and age and you know you could be grateful for it there is also like the consequences of of information overload and just like having like having everything at your fingertips and then just not knowing what to do with it because you're just like, uh, I don't know, what kind of thing. And like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the same thing goes with music too. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, you, you go on Spotify and you put like S and then 10, 20 artists will show up immediately. And yeah. then you put ST or something or, or whatever and then even more show up. So it's kind of like, yeah, it's definitely information overload. Like, I or like literally the other day, I had like three hours to myself, and I was like, I can't figure out what I want to watch. And I decided to watch a documentary about movies because I <laughs> just didn't know what to watch. So I thought, yeah, I'd rather watch someone talk about movies because maybe it'll make me go watch those. I don't know something about yeah. like, no, yeah, 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 like watching watch Mojo movies and and stuff oh yeah, because like, well, like. Like uh, I like I'm, I I want to watch something on YouTube like and I go oh, here's this watch mojo of like moments and stuff like that or certain moments I'm like watching I'm like oh let me go back and watch that video like you know like um yeah. like um as like the um like best um lip sync battle like um moments and stuff like that I'm like oh let me go back and watch the, those moments and stuff like that it's like yeah it's just like that. It's crazy. We live in a crazy time, and like I, you know, like begin again, you know, ties in, you know, like kind of predicted or or you know showed the beginnings of this kind of change, and and I think for that it it adds to more so like why this is an awesome movie, and like it now should be 
should be like if you haven't watched it watch it because mm -hmm. it's very very relevant for today i mean like it has it has a stuck talking about a very relevant thing that that we experience you know in the present day so so any last um comments on the actual movie <laughs> yeah we kind of got away well it was a good conversation and it tied yeah. to the movie so as long as that's fine as long as that's happens i'm i'm fine with it it absolutely does tie into the movie. i mean it's again they they talked about it themselves they're like there's a lot of shit music out so yeah i mean it's kind of what we're going through and information overload if anything the movie does relate a lot more because if, if that movie was made now you know a couple years later mark ruffalo would probably be having to skip songs on, a, on his spotify you know they probably said sent him demos on his phone and he's like ah trash 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 I would be surprised if they didn't remake that scene and just him throwing his phone out the window. Yeah, yeah. this was made back in the days of, of like, pay phones. Yeah, well, not that, far. No, not that far yeah, back. Not that far I know. I was, not that far back. I was doing the thing, guys. <laughs> I'm sorry. He, he did have a, a flip phone. No, oh my god. Yeah. Was, the song. Oh, payphone! Shoot. I'm just trying to like, throw in as many. We're just uh, trying to throw in as many Maroon Five songs as we can, you know. Yeah. Before we yeah. hit, you know, and like this comes out. Thing. This comes out Monday, so we gotta record. We gotta say all these by Sunday morning, you know. Like it's it's gonna be tough. I mean, rain is going to fall. <laughs> Come on! <laughs> I just helped you out. <laughs> I heard. I got it. Okay. Yeah, I, I, you don't need to draw me a map. You know, I got okay. it. Okay. Okay. I just like I would. I, you gave no reaction. I'm like, did you hear me? Did you hear me, Derek? <laughs> yeah, but just like to touch on one more thing that I really liked in the movie was that when it was the moment when uh, she like he plays her the song uh, that he wrote for Min, and she's oh just, my just, like, gosh, she's just like. Like, who is she? And I was just like, that's so, like, fucking real, where you, like, you know, someone will inspire you, and, like, you can just, like, how she just, like, hears it in his, she's like, oh, my God, he's cheating on me, and that's how she knows it, is that it's in his music, and I thought that was a really just cool, like, true-to-life moment that seems ridiculous, but it's actually pretty legit, I felt like. No, like, you could definitely, like, that's the thing is, like, she, I think it, she was true when she said, like, I knew him, you know, for five years, and then like Mark Ruffalo says, well, like, well, there was something hidden that he, even he, like, he says, like, even he didn't know, you mm -hmm. know, he, it, what he changed, you know, like it was always there, but neither of you knew, so like, it, I think that she just knew him so well and knew the hit their the music that because they are were co-writers and collaborators for so long that they she knew words you know that he would use and stuff like that for her and then for another woman and that yeah. was yeah that was such an intense scene and i think ties into like how you know this movie very much gives that me that message of like how important music is and how you know it sh it is like i think he says like he, or they one of them says like you know like the music is to is important to everybody you know once it's out there it's it impacts people and i think that's what Kira knightley sees in the in the concert hall you know mm -hmm. um that her music is so such an affecting thing and it's like 
I don't know if it's if she feels like it's no longer hers or that it's everybody's now. And I think that's what drives her, yeah, to to release her music for a buck, you know, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, before we wrap up, I just wanted to uh, mention a couple of things. Um, this, we're late on this, but, um, you know, I wanted to say thank you to, we had a, um, a little bit ago, we had a $3 patron sign up. So thank you to Mikey Kovacs for signing up for our Patreon and then uh, we oh, also got... That's my boy, Mickey Kovac. Yeah, yeah Mickey Kovac. Yeah, he's my buddy. Thank yeah. you so much, man. Huge shout out to you, bro. I love you, man. And uh, we also got a five-star review a little bit back. Um, on our. Uh, they reviewed our episode on Tag, which they said they enjoyed. Um, this was by D's Nuts with five Z's. <laughs> said, oh. very authentic, low-budget podcast. Feels like a conversation I would walk into at work. So, yeah, I think that kind of definitely what we've been talking about here sums that up. So thank you for that five-star review, guys. We always appreciate our patrons and the people who leave us reviews. Um, it's always very much appreciated. And we just wanted to let you guys know that we see those and we read those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And thank you for joining us for another year, you know, of this podcast. Um, you know, we're going to be celebrating our third second second anniversary third um, third third, an, third anniversary yeah third anniversary in april um yeah. well actually our anniversary of the company is this month is so happy third anniversary of our company you know when we first um, came up with the idea and started getting together yeah, yeah, yeah when we when we first like yeah like strategized and had that first meeting in the likely mentioned in the cold <laughs> in the cold yeah. outside yeah um <laughs> Yeah, with that, like, also shout out to, um, you know, our other founder, Fred, Fred Torres, too. And, you know, awesome. And I'm glad that, that I'm, and then to you guys, I'm glad that, you know, that we could still, still, you know, have fun with this, this show and, and just talk, sh- you know, talk shit and like, um, you know, go off track, but then, you know, make, have such like deep conversations. I think like we have so many deep conversations and, and thought provoking, you know, like thoughts come out of this podcast that, that whenever I go back and listen to them, you know, when they release, um, I'm always like, we're, we have some good, good ideas there are good, or good, good <laughs> inputs. And and like, and then, yeah, like reflecting, like I would have never come out, come up with like that kind of like, um, you know, I, I would have never come up with that unless like some, your guys's conversations like sparked it, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, that, that's kind of, I know sometimes I kind of go off, off, uh, off the rails with some things, but it's because like, I feel like with film, especially film, it's, you know, it's always, it's something dear to all our hearts. Mm-hmm. And I feel like with films, it always has to inspire you. I mean, there's a point where like, that's why people and we, we watch films because, you know, maybe some people just watch it to be entertained. Some people watch it to feel something. And then there's other people who are like, I want to feel and be entertained, but I also want to have a conversation. And, and there's themes in almost every film that makes you go, Hey, I could relate to that, or I want to talk about that, and you just kind of want to talk about it with your friends, or and, and you know discuss it. And that's actually something I have been thinking about for a couple a couple weeks now. Where um, I was thinking of maybe we could uh, I, I also for the listeners, you know, give us some feedback on our Instagram, Facebook, 
uh, all that stuff. Uh, but uh, I've been thinking about like doing maybe episodes where we just kind of we don't discuss a film, but we discuss themes or music or soundtrack or uh, things that make us love about film like make us talk about it kind of thing and, and and i've been thinking about it a lot and i wanted to hear what you guys thought and i also wanted to hear what you guys the listeners thought because uh, i feel like some of those conversations where we do kind of go off the rails a little bit and we talk about certain subjects about film is always fun and i always find that fascinating and i feel like you know if you guys are interested maybe we could do a mini series like that where we take a little break from the movies and we just said talk about movies instead I mean, we already yeah. do that, but, yeah. you know, talk about specific things about films. And, and uh, yeah, I just uh, wanted to throw that out there and see what we'll see what you guys would think, what the listeners would think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so let us know, guys, what you guys, you guys like any of those ideas, have have any suggestions or ideas of your own. We're always, we're always very keen to listen to you guys. Yeah, because the the miniseries that we've done, like, in the past have been very fun. And, like, we're always looking for, like, you know, we don't want to be doing the same miniseries over and over again. So, yeah, fresh new ideas for miniseries are always welcome. And and hopefully you guys are, the listeners are open open to that. So, so yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you guys. For always, as always, for joining me and watching a movie of my choice. Um, and thanks everybody for listening. Um, hit that subscribe button uh, on your podcast app um, to, or YouTube to make sure that you are always notified when a new episode of this show comes out and to continue to hear us babble. Um, and please, if you're willing to give us a rating and review, it always helps and um, helps us know, like we, we said, what you'd like to hear from this podcast, um, because we can only get better with your help. And once again, we have the Undercast Company, and um, and also we have other um, content, um, such as my um, podcast, my monthly podcast of You've Never Seen, question mark exclamation point um i'm still getting used to saying exclamation point instead of exclamation mark um where i discuss a movie that either myself or my um guests have never seen but is considered a part of pop culture or cinematic history um by this point um an episode with my brother should be coming out on um it just came out and then we also have uh, Mar- our Marvel podcast called Infinity Stones and Dragon Bones. We just released the episode on No Way Home, Hawkeye, and then I don't know if it's a spoiler to say like, of the future, the potential future of Netflix characters in the MCU. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, if you could um, also give a listen to those, that would be amazing. Um, and Thanks, everybody, for listening, and thanks for being amazing. See you in another life. Take it easy, everybody.